This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. It's going to be an interactive morning. I can feel it. To all the parents, uh, just from my side as well, well done with what you've done this morning. You know, there's many fancy gadgets on the market when it comes to babies. It's so, it's so interesting, you know, you're so excited about all the gadgets. Before they're born and then later on, you just use the most, the easiest and the most, or like all the pretty clothes, eh? All the pretty clothes, it's so beautiful before they're born. And then after they're born, you, you just use whatever is the easiest to, to put on and to take off again. So I just want to say, well done. You know, ultimately, I think... Not the most fanciest gadget can come to Jesus helping us to parent. And my life was significantly changed when my son was born nine, nine and a bit years ago. And even though now I can honestly say that my highlight of my day is fetching him at school. He's such a pleasure. He's such a, a bundle of joy. The, the beginning years weren't easy. It was actually quite difficult for me. And after, after Vian was born, I was actually kind of dumped into a bit of a postnatal depression. I didn't see it as postnatal depression at that stage, but it, it manifested in insomnia. Most of you know my story. But I, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't know how to snap out of it. And I, looking back, I wish I, I know, or I, I wish I knew then what I, what I know now. And I would, I would love to just share this morning a bit of the you know, things that God taught me in that difficult season because it was, it, I was a pastor's wife at that stage in my life and I didn't know how to snap out of it. And one of the turning points for me was actually reading a book called Spirit Wars. And for those of you who've been coming this, this term to church, you'll know that we, we've been doing a series called Spirit Wars. And the book I read by Chris Vallotton was called Spirit Wars. And it, it was a turning point for me in a, in a three-year period where I battled with something that I, I didn't know how to deal with it. I didn't have answers. Sleeping tablets didn't really solve it, even though it, it helped from time to time, but it wasn't my solution. So I, I read this book, and I realized that there's hope. There's hope when you battle with something that's bigger than yourself. You know, in all my normal recipes, we have our recipes, eh? Even as Christians, we must just worship and pray and anoint the house and fast. And, you know, we go through our lists. And even back then, my recipes didn't work. I just needed a fresh understanding of the power of Jesus and what he did for me at the cross. And, and this book helped me a lot. So I know all of us have our stories. Eh? I, I'm, I, I'm not aware of your story. We know some of you, but we don't know all of you. And I know some of you, if not most of you, have a story. When it comes to something like, I battled with insomnia, maybe you battle with depression, maybe you battle with an addiction. You know, there's so many kinds of addictions, and sometimes we, we just get so used to our addictions, it feels normal. You know, because your mom battled, and your, your, your grandmother battled, and your great-great-grandmother, it's kind of in the family. So it, we become so used to things that's not supposed to be part of our lives as Christians, that we accept it, that we don't even fight it anymore. So I don't know your story. Maybe you're, you're battling with an addiction, pornography, or, 
or a food addiction or, or gambling or, or alcohol. Maybe you battle just with fear or anxiety. Maybe you, you have panic attacks. Maybe you go through things that nobody understands. But it's so part of your life and you have no idea how to snap out of it, even as a Christian. You know, actually, when I was praying for you, I also felt that there's some of you, you, you hate yourself. Andre shared a week or two ago how he, he hated himself. And it, it's something that becomes so normal for us. It becomes, we become so used to that, and then we, we don't even fight it anymore. So I would love to share with you just a few things this morning from the Word of God, how you can move from being bound to being free. And, and as I say, sometimes it becomes so normal. It becomes, you, you, you might even think, but this is part of your personality. It can't ever be changed, whatever you're battling with. And I just want to give you hope this morning that there's, there's more freedom than what you even currently experience. Maybe you feel, I'm as free as a bird, you know. I, I have so many, I've had so many breakthroughs and God has done so much in my life. And I just want to encourage you, there's even more. You know, I'm trusting the Lord for even more freedom in my own life. And he's done so much for me. But I know there's more freedom. There's more freedom. I want to do less control. And I want to I wanna trust God more in so many areas of my life. I just want to be free. And this is what I, what I really pray for you guys as well. So sometimes the battle isn't getting free, but it's staying free. Amen? Sometimes we, we have breakthrough. But then for some reason we find ourselves back into that place of of bondage, whatever it might be. And for those of you who've ever been through that, I also want to, want to give you hope. So it's not only about getting free, it's about staying free. And that staying free is possible. And, and this is what I want to share with you this morning. So I'm going to take you to a portion of Scripture in, in Exodus. You know, for those of you familiar with the, with the Israelites, I don't know how you have ever wondered, but how did the Israelites, how did the Hebrews end up in Egypt? Okay, it's, it's a, an easy answer, but, you know, sometimes we get confused and we, we forget the history of, of God's people. So Joseph, remember, he was sold as a slave. He had those dreams. His brother sold him as a slave. He went to Egypt. God gave him incredible favor, and his whole family moved to Egypt. That's the background. He, there was a lot of favor because Joseph was in charge, or was, he was second in command, and and his family moved in. They received so much favor. But then that king or the pharaoh died, and there was another person in charge. And the Israelites became numerous. They multiplied. Okay, it seems as we're multiplying as well as a church. So they became numerous, and they became a threat to the Egyptians. So instead of having favor, they became slaves because of fear that the Israelites will become too many and will will overpower the Egyptians. So after 430 years of bondage, they were, they were slaves for 430 years. It's a while. Okay? It is a while. After having favor, which is very interesting. So there was an appointed time after 430 years of bondage, ex- Exodus 2. It says, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. And then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abram, Isaac, and Jacob. So it says, in the process of time, the king of Egypt died. It was a significant turnaround. 
Because in that moment, when the king died, it says, the Israelites cried out and God remembered his covenant. So what, what this is saying to us today is, I see it as there's an expiry date on the, on the plans of the enemy in your life. If we keep on seeking the Lord, if we cry out to him like the Israelites did, there's an expiry date. There's going to be a moment. There's going, to be, there's going to be an appointed time when something shifts. And I, I can't tell you when it's going to be. It can be in a week. It can be in a month. It could, be, it could take six years. It can take 430 years. <laughs> Whatever it might be. It could, something, it could be something running in your family. And then there's an appointed time where somebody cries out to the Lord. And he says, that's it. I'm remembering my covenant with these people because they're crying out to me. So there is an appointed time, and that appointed time might as well be this morning. Amen? For, for God to do something in your life. The other thing I want to show you from, from Scripture is when we're seeking freedom, when we're pursuing something, uh, to, when we pursue the, the journey from bondage to freedom, it often gets worse before it gets better. So let me show you in Exodus 5. So Moses and Aaron, they went to Pharaoh. Okay, God said to Moses, you are my man. You're going you to deliver the Israelites. So he's now the, the person, him and Aaron, to go to Pharaoh. And, and they tell Pharaoh, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, who is the Lord, that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not, do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. But he doesn't leave it there. Okay, so Pharaoh is like, no ways, I'm not doing this. But then he says, verse 9, let more work be laid on the men that they, that they may labor in it. So instead of, instead of saying, oh, yes, of course, the Israelites can go. He says, no, 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 they're going to work harder. Let more work be laid on them. So Moses goes back to God. He says, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it that you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and neither have you delivered your people at all. So do you see this pattern? God says, I remember my covenant. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to do something about whatever you're battling with. I'm going to do something about it. And then the moment they cry out to the Lord, the moment God raised up a deliverer, and he, he confronts evil. Okay, so see Pharaoh as evil. He confronts evil. And the, the, the end result was not freedom, immediate freedom. It was no way to let them work harder. You see that? And often when we cry out to the Lord, often when we say, Lord Jesus, we need help. We need freedom. Often there's resistance. There's resistance and instead of... of the, whatever it is, the sickness, the addiction, the, the fear, instead of it sorting out and getting better, it gets worse. Who have you ever experienced this? Okay, it, it's something that, that we see in the, in the process of the, the Israelites being delivered, that that was the reality. It often gets worse before it gets better. And it's in those times that we need to stand on God's promises. Amen. So let's look at Exodus 6. So now Moses goes back to God. He says, Lord, what is this? It's worse. 
the poor people. I'm trying to help them. It gets worse. And now listen to this, what God says to Moses. Say to the children of Israel, Exodus 6 verse 6. Say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will rescue you from their bondage. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. This is the word of the Lord. I don't know what words have been spoken over your life. I don't know if you have seen the fulfillment of those words. But in, in a season where things get worse and not better, especially when we cry out to the Lord, especially where we say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to seek you with all of my heart because I need freedom in this area. When it gets worse, we need to go back to the promises of the Lord where he says, I will bring you out, I will rescue you, and I will redeem you. Amen? So there is an expiry date for whatever is happening in your life that is, is blocking your freedom. I believe it with all of my heart. When we cry out to the Lord, there is an expiry date, but it often gets worse before it's, it gets better. And then we need to stand on God's promises, and we need to recognize His goodness and His protection. Listen to this, Scripture 9, Exodus 9, verse 6. So the Lord did this thing. So, okay, now remember all the plagues, eh? God is showing His power, and, and there were the ten plagues, but very interesting, interestingly to, to note even though they were still in slavery, God's goodness was so evident. Let me show you this. Exodus 9 verse 6. So the Lord did this thing on the next day, and all the livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the children of Israel, not one died. This is just one of, of the many plagues. And of, of the livestock of Egypt, everything died. And of the livestock of the Israelites, Nothing died. So just remember, they're still in Egypt. They're still in slavery. But God comes and he, he says to them, I love you. I am with you. So I've experienced it so many times in my life where I go through a difficult time and it's, I'm not through yet, but I experience God's goodness. Amen? There's a, there's a book written by Paul Manwaring called Kisses from a Good God. He was diagnosed with cancer and even though many people prayed for him to be healed supernaturally, he wasn't healed supernaturally. He had to go through a whole process of tests and ended up having an operation. And he wrote this book called Kisses from a Good God, where throughout this whole process, even though there wasn't instant healing, supernatural healing, as we trust the Lord for in, in, in many situations, we believe God is our healer. But even if he doesn't heal instantaneously, immediately, in our way, in our timing, he is a good God. And, and Paul Mandering wrote this book called Kisses from a Good God, which is so beautiful. I can really recommend that to anyone of you who's going through a difficult time because he just explains, even though he didn't see the, the miracle immediately, he experienced kisses from God that he's so good. And he, he writes just about the one incident after the other where God just showed him his goodness and his love. So from Scripture, I'm just laying a foundation, okay? Then we're going to get practical. There's an expiry date. If you are battling with anything this morning, there's an expiry date. It might get worse before it gets better, but in those moments, 
We need to stand on God's promises and we need to recognize the goodness of God in our lives. I mean, so how do we get free? I want you to think of anything currently that you're battling with. You know, as I say, sometimes we get so used to the things we're battling with that we, we see it as the norm. We don't even see it as a problem. And, the, and in, in those moments, God needs to open our eyes that we can actually see it for what it is, that it's blocking our intimacy with the Lord. It's blocking our freedom. It's blocking our confidence and our boldness. So let's look at Isaiah 61, verse 1. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has appointed me to bring good news to the poor. That is Jesus, who's gonna, who, who has uh, been anointed to anointed and appointed to, to bring good news to the poor, but that same anointing rests upon us. Amen? He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to announce that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. So let's look at those two concepts, a prisoner and a captive. Two different things, but they're both bound. They're both bound. A, a captive, a prisoner. Let's talk about a prisoner first. If you think about a prisoner, if you are in prison, you have done something wrong and somebody sent you to prison. Okay, it's a very easy concept. But, but in a spiritual um, environment, if, if you are a prisoner of something, then you have invited demonic oppression into your life by a lifestyle of sin. I'm going to explain that now better. But it is something we have done. It is something we allowed into our lives that causes us to be bound, to causes us to be in prison. A captive is somebody who's been held captive by lies and deception. So it's a different kind of bondage. You all with me? So yeah. if, you, if you find yourself bound because of a lifestyle of sin, you, can, you could be called a prisoner. If you find yourself bound by believing lies and deception, you could be called a captive. In the, in the, end, we, in the end, we bound, regardless of which one applies to us. So let's talk about prisoners first. A prisoner can only be freed, a spiritual prisoner can only be freed if there is repentance. I'm going to take you through a few very practical things. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we have invited demonic oppression into our lives. I'm, I'm calling it demonic oppression. It could be sickness. It could be fear. But often we, we view things in the natural. But, but there's a war, okay? I want you to keep in mind, what, whatever I'm sharing this morning, there's a war. There's light and there's darkness, okay? The, the, the enemy, we have a real enemy, and he will disguise himself in many different ways. Many, many, many different ways. Ultimately, there's light and there's darkness, and there's a war, all right? So if we, have, if we have opened the door to the enemy by a lifestyle of sin, and once again, sin, we, we, have, our, we have our own idea about sin, hey? We, none of us, we, we often don't see ourselves as sinners because surely a sinner is that kind of a person. <laughs> oh, it's that kind of a person, and often... There's so much compromise in our lives. There's so, so many gray areas that we allow into our homes. We allow our eyes to see. We allow our ears to hear that lead to us being imprisoned. But we don't even realize it. 
because it, it is just so acceptable. There's just so many things that's so acceptable. And in the meantime, God actually wants to set us free from that. And we actually need to repent of that. So repentance is not remorse. Repentance is not, I feel so sorry for myself because somebody caught me out. Repentance is a, is a turn. So if this is your... This is the way you're walking. This is the direction that you're walking into. Repentance is you turn your back on this and you walk towards Jesus. I mean, so repentance is not I feel sorry for myself. It's not even just a prayer. It's a turning your back on something that destroys your intimacy, something that destroys your freedom, something that is stealing from you, and something that... that that steals your destiny, your confidence, your boldness. So you need to turn your back on that and you walk the other direction. That is, if you have opened the door to a lifestyle of sin. Amen? That is a prisoner. The other way how we can get free is, and we speak about this often, but it's forgiveness. Let me read you this quote that I got from somebody who got it from somebody else. (laughs) So it says, resentment... It's like drinking poison and then hoping it will kill your enemies. That's quite powerful, eh? Resentment is like drinking poison yourself and then you hope it's going to kill your enemies. So often we we view unforgiveness as very innocent. We we, We get offended, we are cross, we get hurt. And then we water this unforgiveness and we nurture it and it grows and it grows and it grows. And and it becomes a stronghold in our lives. You know, we've prayed for so many people with a physical illness. And we don't see healing and we don't see healing. And the moment where God says there's unforgiveness and the person forgives, there's physical healing manifested. So we, we often view unforgiveness as something very innocent. Or, you know, I'm just hurt. So surely I have the right to be offended. I have the right to not forgive. And in the process, you you put yourself in prison. You put yourself in prison. The moment you invite sin into your life, the moment you nurture unforgiveness, you put yourself in prison. So in Matthew 18, verse 21 to 25, we find a parable that explains if you can go read it for yourself. But it explains that if we are not willing to forgive, we're being delivered over to the devil to torment us. It's quite a scary parable. But if we are not willing to forgive, and we we forgive by God's grace, amen, we can't do it in our own strength. But if we are not willing to forgive, we are being handed over to the enemy to torture us. And I think there's so many things in our lives. There's so many wrestles and so many things. It could, it could manifest in any way, nightmares and insomnia. It could manifest in fear and anxiety and addiction. There's so many ways that it can manifest. And often we have placed ourselves in that place of torment by not being willing to forgive. So I just want to encourage you this morning. We're just going to tackle these things, and I'm trusting the Lord for freedom. Amen. The moment we forgive, the legal access that the enemy has is broken. The moment we forgive, the moment we say, Lord, I forgive, the legal access is broken. The opposite is also true. If we're not willing to forgive, the enemy has legal access to torment us. And it can manifest in 
numerous ways. And depending on, on what door we've opened to the devil, that is what we need to close this morning. Amen? Sin gives evil legal right to torment, yet Jesus came to liberate. I got this from a book called Increasing Heaven's Flow, written by a man called Andre Kruger. And have you heard of him? But let me read this quote again. Sin gives evil legal right to torment, but Jesus came to liberate. You know, but all jokes aside, I'm actually, I picked up Andre's book again. And I know many of you have a copy of this book. And it, it's, it's just for me fresh bread again, reading this. It's not a book you're going to read once and then you've ticked your box. It's not a novel, okay, that you've read. It is, you know, Andre called it the revi- revivalist manual and I want to agree with that. You know, if, you've, if you're going through a dry season spiritually, if you feel disconnected from the Lord, please pick up this book again. I just went through the evangelism, um, the five days where he talks about the evangelistic flow and I was just so inspired. I was so inspired. So if you don't have the book, please do yourself a favor and get one. For those of you who have one, pick it up again. Read it again. Amen? We need to constantly, constantly press in for more freedom, for more of Jesus. We can never say we've ticked our boxes and now we relax. We, we should forever press in for more. So I want us to pray together. I'm not done yet. So hold on to your seats. But right now, I want us to ask Jesus to show us if there's any open door in our lives in terms of unforgiveness or sin, because the Holy Spirit needs to highlight that. Sometimes we're unaware of the door that we've opened. So just close your eyes and just pray after me. Just say, Lord, please reveal to me any sin, any compromise, or any unforgiveness that is giving the enemy legal access to torment me. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm trusting the Lord to highlight this morning. You have your own past, you have your future. God has a call upon your life. And for you to fulfill your destiny, there's certain things that needs to be removed from your life. And that process sometimes is, through that process, we need to persevere, we need to endure, we need to keep on seeking, forgiving, closing doors until there's freedom. Amen. Let's talk about captives, believing the lies of the devil. Do you realize that every thought that you think is not your own? Do you realize that? Have you ever learned to discern between this is not my thought, this is not my thought? You know, I I think in marriages, there's such an assault on marriages and on bringing division in a marriage. So I can guarantee you that many things you think towards your spouse is not your own thoughts. It's being planted there by the enemy to bring division. That's just a marriage. There's so many things. You know, whenever there's unction, whenever there's an emotion, whenever you feel, you feel upset in a way that you know this is a little bit over the top, when, whenever there's a thought that makes you feel emotionally so upset and draining, the, the, there's, often, there's often something behind that, a force behind that to, to take you captive and to 
bring you into bondage, to, to lead you to, towards a specific path, okay? The key for victory over a lie, you, you all know that scripture 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5, we, the word says we need to bring every thought into captivity. You know, there's arguments, there's strongholds, there's arguments, there's high things that exalt itself against the knowledge of God. There's things coming against the truth, against the knowledge of God, and it's, it's all happening here. It's all happening inside of our minds, our thought life. And the key for victory over a, over a lie, what, what I've discovered, is we need to expose it. You need to expose what's, what's going on in your mind. And the problem is you would possibly feel utterly stupid to expose these things. You know, Andre is very good at this. Whenever he counsels me, which is a lot, <laughs> he will ask me, so Sonica, what are you thinking? No, I can't tell you. I can't tell you what I'm thinking. Because often it's also I'm not thinking necessarily good things that I want to share with him because he's just going to tell me it's a lie and it's stupid and I'm being ridiculous and I should know the truth. So then I say, I can't tell you. But, but Andre's got a pit bull anointing, okay? For those of you who don't, haven't discovered yet, he will, he will ask me what's going on, what, what I'm thinking until I share. And I just learned the moment I share what's going through my mind, and it's been exposed as a lie. The moment we do that, I'm free. The moment we take those lies captive. So you need to find yourself a friend. You need to start praying with your spouse. You need to start opening up in terms of what is going through your mind on a regular basis. You might think it's normal. You might think you're just a little bit angry, but there might be more towards that. There might, be, there might be things that you're thinking, that you're meditating upon, that should be exposed, and it should be conquered with the truth. Like, I'm a failure. Like, I have no future. Like, I've messed up too badly. I, it could be anything, and it, for you, it's the reality. The truth is always, the, the authority that truth has is always greater than the fact. So even if you have messed up, okay, let's take an example. So you have messed up. So the fact is you've messed up and there's consequences. What is the truth? The truth is that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? The, the fact is I have a physical sickness in my body. That is the fact. What is the truth? Jesus is our healer. Amen? So we're not denying what has happened. We're not, we're not going into denial, but we, we go to the higher authority, which is the word of God, which is the truth, and we battle these things with the truth and with the word of God. Amen? But if nobody knows what's going on in your head, you're not verbalizing it, you're not talking about it, and you don't realize it's a lie. It's going to hold you captive. So we need, you need to find somebody that you can talk to. You need to be able to verbalize the lies. Listen to this quote by Lisa Bevere. She says, there, was, there were many times when truth spoke to me, but I did not listen. Often it called to me, but I did not hear it. I was too busy listening to lies. Unfortunately, if you listen to lies long enough, when truth speaks, you cannot hear it or buried. You know, isn't that that, um, 
you know, that, that guy Andre spoke about, um, Goebbels, it was, uh, it was Hitler's uh, propaganda man. Okay, he said, a lie being told once will remain a lie. A lie being told a thousand times becomes the truth. It's the same in our heads. If we listen to lies for long enough, whatever it might be, it will in your reality become the truth. And in that situation, you need to expose the lie. You need to go to somebody and say, listen, this is what I believe. And that person should tell you, it's not the truth. This is not God speaking to you. So it it feels so innocent. Our thought life feels very innocent. It's not. We need to learn to discern when something is not your thought or God's thoughts. Amen. So once again, let's close our eyes. We're going to ask God to to speak to us. Just, Just pray after me, Lord Jesus. Please reveal to me any lie I'm believing that is giving the enemy legal access to torment me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're going to trust the Lord this morning. You know, the Holy Spirit is so faithful because He knows you. He knows the detail of your life. And He's going to highlight whatever we need to pray for for you this morning. So let's just quickly, I just want to end off, how do we stay free? We get free, I would say 95%, repentance, forgiveness, and exposing a lie and, and concrete with the truth, you're going to have freedom most of the time. It's, it's, it's simple, but it's powerful. Repentance, forgiveness, exposing a lie. And sometimes we, we, we're looking for a major revelation and we're looking for something different and we're looking for, for God to come with a, with, a, with a different angle. And sometimes He does, but the, these basics work. And I just want to encourage you, let's, let's not look for, for another solution when we should actually just forgive. Amen? Let's not look for another solution when we should actually just Expose a lie and concrete with the truth. So how do we stay free? We need to walk in the light. 1 John 1 verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You know, when God delivers us, when God gives us a breakthrough in the area, we need to walk in the light. We need to keep on walking in the light. You see, there's this thing in, in church we, we feel that people must hold us accountable. We feel this, it's good when other people hold us accountable. I want to I put the ball in your courts this morning and say, we need to make ourselves accountable. You know, Andre and I are very much accountable to one another, but my husband is making himself accountable to me. I can't check up on him all the time. Okay, I can check up on my son. I can't check up on my husband. It's a, I've, it's a different relationship. I can't ask him, so what have you been up to? You know, I have the suspicion. What have you been up to? It's not accountability. He must make himself accountable to me. And he does. He does. I must make myself accountable to him, to my friends. I can't expect other people to hold me accountable. If you have a friend like that, you're very lucky. And it might be the exception. We need to take ownership of making ourselves accountable. I mean, we need to pick up the phone. We need to phone somebody and say, I am battling. 
Last week was fine, but this week it's a disaster. I need help. We need to make ourselves accountable. You know, there's a, there's a guy, it was a guy in America, Ted Haggard. I don't know if you know the story, but he was the leader of a, of a mega church in America for 20 years. And in 2006, he was accused of sexual sin. He had to step down from a 14,000-member church. And apart from that, he was also the president of an of a umbrella organization that, that was over a group of, of churches, 45,000 churches with 30 million members. So he was quite the man. Okay, his church was 14,000 strong. But apart from that, he was a president of an umbrella organization over 30 million people. <laughs> he had to step down, and he, he, had, he was, he was um, sexually abused as a child, so he had struggles all his life, even as a pastor. And he shares that a lifestyle of walking in the light and accountability with his wife and other people kept him safe. But then he says that there was a, a season where he got so tired of confessing, so tired of walking in the light, so tired of saying that he's struggling, and he, he started start keeping quiet. And he said the moment he stopped sharing, he was drawn into this deep pit of darkness. And the end result was he lost his church. He lost his position. He, he was drawn into something that could have been avoided if he kept on talking. So I want to say to you, if, if, we, if we need to walk in the light for the rest of our lives, so be it. If we need to confess, if we need to say, I'm battling, I'm battling, I'm battling, this week, next week, the week after, next year, so be it. But I want to encourage you to not stop talking. We need to share. We need to say, I am battling. And you need to make yourself accountable. It's the only way that we will stay free. And if God sets you free altogether, it's amazing. But if you are one, if you are in a situation where you need to still confess and still talk and still ask for help, then you do it. Amen. And sometimes there's breakthrough. And then for six months, you, you, there's no temptation or there's no issues. And then it comes for you again. Then you need to talk. You need to pick up the phone. You need to call a friend. And you need to pray together. You need to walk in the light. Amen? The moment we walk in the light, Jesus comes and he cleanses us. There's a cleansing happening. Then just the last one. We need to walk in our authority. We need to walk in the light. We need to walk in our authority. We underestimate our authority as sons and daughters of God. Luke 10 verse 9. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. What is authority? Authority is not a loud voice or intimidating personality. You know, I, when you go to the dictionary, it says it's the power or right to give orders and to enforce obedience. That's authority. It's the power or the right to give orders and to enforce obedience. This is what Jesus has given to us. You know, it's, a, it's an understanding that we are a son and a daughter of the king. It's an understanding. It's a relationship. It's a knowing that God has given us his signet ring. He's given us the power to make decisions, to call things into being, to speak things into being, to declare. We need to take up our place as sons and daughters. 
You know, often we ask God to do things where we should actually just speak it into being. We should take authority over the enemy who wants to steal from us. And I just want to share one last story with you. When, when I was still a, 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 before I started working with Andre, when we were still in Cape Town, I was going through a very difficult season at work. And I was terrified because there was a chance that I would fail a quality review, which for an audit manager is, the, is, is your worst nightmare. Okay, So just imagine your worst nightmare at work, whatever your nightmare is. And I was, I was scared that this thing is going to, I'm going to fail this thing. And Andre prayed for me the, the, the evening at home. And I was, I was so tense and I was so scared. And the moment he prayed for me, God showed me this amazing vision. God showed me a snake. Okay, so this is my terrifying moment. Okay, I... I, I literally feel as if there's something coming against me. It feels like a snake. I see a picture of a snake. Okay? The next moment, God, God give me the scripture, and the God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. So instead of just crushing the snake, it turned into a snail. It literally, in the vision, I saw it turn into a snail, and the next moment there was this boot. Okay, so I, I see a, a snake. God, give me the scripture that says, and the God of peace shall soon crush Satan under your feet. The snake turns into a snail. He looks scared, eh? He looks scared. (laughs) And the next moment, there's this boot coming from heaven. And my fear changed into peace immediately. And God just said to me, Sonica, it's fear coming for you. It's not really about the situation at work. What you're now battling against is fear. And you can conquer this in the name of Jesus. You know, and God gave me the most amazing revelation that day that Andre and I often talk about, that the devil is not a snake. He is not big. He pretends to be big. He pretends to walk around like a roaring lion, like a roaring lion. He's not a roaring lion. He's not a snake. He's a snail. Amen? And we need to realize that. And especially if you are a soft-hearted, gentle personality, you need to realize that you don't have to scream loudly and, and have this, this you know, thundering voice to have authority. You need to know that. You know, there's people who, do, uh, who have a deliverance ministry. They just whisper and the, and, and the enemy goes. They whisper because they know exactly the authority that they have. So I want to encourage you this morning. We need to walk in the light. We need to take up our authority. And we need to know that the devil is a snail. Amen. We're going to just do a declaration. So I'm just going to go through this declaration. And then we're going to all do it together. It says, Jesus, I thank you that you have overcome the world. And that you have conquered it for me. It's found in John 16, 33. It's all scripture. That we're just going to declare. I declare that I'm not a victim, but I'm well, well able to overcome in Jesus' name. Thank you that you've not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Thank you that you train my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Thank you that you surround me with songs of deliverance. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Are you ready? Let's do this together. Jesus. I thank you that you have overcome the world and you have conquered it for me. I declare that I'm not a victim, but I'm well able to overcome in Jesus' name. Thank you that you have not given me a spirit of fear, 
but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Thank you that you train my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Thank you that you surround me with songs of deliverance. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.